Hi, everyone. Welcome to the RM Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Toole, and I hope that you are ready for an all-new lineup of experts who are itching to step out of the parameters of traditional recruitment and talent acquisition speak and get real on what it means to recruit on a worker economy and, quite frankly, an upside-down world. Let's dig in together. You guys, today is March 8th, which means it is International Women's Day a day about celebrating women's achievements, raising awareness against bias, and taking action for equality. Hashtag break the bias. And yet, stuck in my head is the Paula Abdul song. I just can't help it, and I will spare you from listening to me sing. But we take two steps forward. We take two steps back. I know you guys know the song. As much progress as we've made, the pandemic has uncovered the disproportionate burdens that many women shoulder in caring for children or aging parents and highlighted the vital roles that they've long played in America's labor force. To put it mildly, this is a very personal topic for me today. During the pandemic, roughly 3.5 million mothers with school-aged children either lost their jobs, took leaves of absence, or left the labor market altogether, according to analysis by the Census Bureau. That doesn't even count women like me who took steps back in their career. I went from full-time to part-time because I had three school-age children that were schooling from home for a year and a half during the pandemic. And doing that along with a full-time job was just too much. And many, in fact, millions of women are sitting out the job market recovery while caring for those relatives or searching for affordable childcare and reassessing their careers or they're shifting work-life priorities. When we take a look at other areas where we're looking for improvement, we see that women have really grown in leadership roles, and yet still only 8% of CEOs are women. And of those, only two Black women CEOs are running Fortune 500 companies. We still have a huge pay gap. The gender pay gap hasn't budged in 15 years, and the World Economic Forum says it will take 135 years to reach global gender parity. And the United States is still the only industrialized nation without a federal paid family leave policy. So one in every four American women returns to work in just 10 days after giving birth. I was really fortunate when I had my three kids to work in an organization that had paid leave. And yet I still had to come back to the workforce after six weeks. There is so much that we can do to raise the awareness, celebrate women, and take action for equality. And we are going to talk about just that today and how we can break the bias. And I am so excited to be joined today uh, by Chandra Sanders, the founder of Heels and Hustle and the director of the Rise Project at the Mom Project. So Chandra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Chandra, I am so excited to have you here today. It is International Women's Day, and the work that you guys are doing at the Mom Project, I think, is so inspiring for women like myself in the workforce that uh, maybe leaving the workforce to raise children and looking to come back in. Share with our listeners a little bit about the Mom Project. The Mom Project is a digital talent marketplace, the leader in connecting highly qualified women, highly qualified female talent to companies that understand um, diversity and want to um, promote and include 
diverse women in their pipeline, um, but we are on a mission to connect our community of over 500,000 women to a billion dollars of economic opportunity in the next two years. That is an ambitious mission, but also one that is so important right now. And we've talked about it on on previous episodes, but I just want to rehash it for those uh, who may be joining and listening for the first time. You know, we have seen over the last two years unprecedented numbers of women leave the workforce. And in Sherm's latest report, taking a look at BLS data, they said that, you know, from February 2020 to January 2022, all of the men that left the workforce or, you know, whether it be by their choice or not, have regained those jobs, right, numbers wise. And yet women, we are still one8 million short of women in the workforce two years after this pandemic started. To put that in perspective, we had really strong growth in January of 2022. We would have to have that same rate of growth for the next 10 months just to get back to status quo for women, which breaks my heart. Um, And I know it's obviously a mission that's really dear to you. Share with us a little bit about what you guys are seeing at the Mom Project, why are women leaving the workforce? And, and more importantly, why are they hesitant to come back? So there's still a lot of uncertainty with the pandemic, right? Um, there are still people getting sick. There's still kids who have to quarantine, right? There's still daycare center challenges, right? And so these are reasons why women are hesitant to get back into the workforce, because if we have to take off, if we can't work remotely, we don't want that to count against us. Right. And so we need to make sure that when we do reenter the workforce, that we are entering into a safe space that is flexible, um, allows for flexibility, but allows for us to continue to be parents and deal with those shifts as they happen without being red flagged. Yeah. And I mean, I can speak to this firsthand. I've got three little boys. When the pandemic started, we're talking about preschool and I had a first grader and a second grader. Um, so I've got, you know, one child that can barely read and now needs to learn how to use a computer and read and write all of their lessons and one that's not in school. And that stretched on for me for 18 months because in Boston, our schools didn't go back. I had three little boys that I'm trying to educate at the same time as continue to do my job with a husband that's continuing to do his job. These you know, there's got to be flexibility. And now here we are two years later, and we're still seeing that, you know, at any given time, your child could be a close contact and all of a sudden they're out of school. What are you supposed to do as a working parent? Um, And and so I love that you guys are are seeing that and on a mission to fix that. And I would love to, to dive a little bit into What does that mean for talent acquisition professionals? How do they help support women that are looking to come back into the workforce? So as we said earlier, right, 2.4 million women left the workforce due to the pandemic, either voluntarily or involuntarily. Many of these women aren't returning into their same roles or returning into their same industries. They're having to pivot, right? They've spent I've had there are many instances where women have spent 30 years in marketing and now can't get back in marketing due to many reasons, ageism being one. Right. And so which is a whole nother story. However, (laughs) a whole nother whole nother podcast, a whole nother one. Right. But we need our talent acquisition partners to look at these ladies who are pivoting holistically 
right? Look at their transferable skills. Allow them a chance to pivot, right? Like I started my career a long time ago as a high school Spanish teacher, but made several pivots, you know, because someone took a chance on me and they opened the door for me to access different types of opportunities. They looked at my attitude, my aptitude, my transferable skills, and allowed me to continue my career and to grow. And so that's what we need our TA to do now. Look at these ladies holistically, give them a chance. They may not fit a job description 90%. They may not even fit 80, but being a mom, and I say this all the time, moms are the C-suite of their entire family. We do everything. And so there are so many transferable skills in being a mom. We can take all of what we do at home, all of the value that we have at home and provide at home. And we can provide that same value to companies. We just need those companies to give us a chance, believe in us and open the door for us. Absolutely. And speaking of pivoting, you've obviously made several pivots in your career. I would love for you to share with the audience, how did you find out about the mom project? How did you start working at the mom project and and what pivots did that entail for you? Pivots are fun, right? Like I said, I started my career a long time ago as a high school Spanish teacher, but pivoted a few times to leading product development at multiple Fortune 100 companies, right? And so that's what I was doing. I was working as a senior consultant for a company, but me, I got laid off during the pandemic as well. And so I was searching for a job, did a just a simple Google search for um jobs, right? I mean, that's what you do. Um, And found the mom project because I knew in searching for a job that I didn't want to have to sacrifice my family for my career or sacrifice my career for my family. I needed something that was going to work together because I haven't worked in an office since I had my last kid in 2017. And I didn't want to have to sacrifice that. So the mom project provided me an opportunity and I secured a job at the mom project three weeks after being laid off. And now I'm here. Amazing. And I am excited to share with our listeners the project that you are working on at the Mom Project. Um, as we were preparing for International Women's Day, we immediately thought of the Mom Project and the work that you guys are doing to help women in general, but specifically women that are looking to get back into the workforce. And then when we found out about the Rise Project, we're like, first of all, how did I not know about this? And second of all, we've got to get Chandra on to talk about it and share with our listeners because they likely don't know about it as well. So what is the RISE project? Yes. So RISE is a transformative upskilling program, right? And I have to say it's a transformative upskilling program because there are many upskilling programs out there, right? But this one's transformative because we understand that it's not just the certificate that is going to give our community what they need to be competitive in the workforce. It is the programming that we have placed around, is the framework that we have placed around our, our upskilling program, right? Which includes the support, community support, um, holistic support, right? Um, we're doing confidence building. We're providing them with resumes that are proven to stand up against different applicant tracking systems, right? Especially if you have a career pause. Um, We're providing them with interview prep, one-on-one support because moms are, and women of color, moms and women of color, we give everything that we have to everyone else, everything. And we don't really save anything for us, right? But this is a space where moms, women of color can come together and have something for themselves, continue their career, build bonds with all the other women in this program and elevate herself, her mind, her soul, all of these things along with her career. And so that is a little bit about what RISE is. 
Amazing. And let's dig into that women of color piece of it, because as you dig into that BLS research that I was mentioning earlier, in case you're not familiar, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, for those that are listening, um, they actually dug into the numbers of growth as we were looking into people coming back into the workforce. And they said that the largest piece of data that was alarming and the biggest impact was the dramatic drop of Black women in the workforce. And I know that you guys have done your own research into why have we lost so many Black women in the workforce um, and women of color in general, and why are they not coming back? So share with us a little bit about the 2022 Rise Impact Report, the research that you did, and the, the findings that you found. Yeah. So like I said, you know, the, the, the pandemic had a disproportionate impact on women of color. Right. And me being one of them, I was blessed to find the mom project, but I was also blessed to put myself in position and give myself skills and um, ensure that I was always in a position to get a job. And so that's what we are doing with Rise. Like many of like four million households depend on a black woman's salary. So if a black woman is not working, her kids are suffering. And that could be a never ending cycle of poverty. And that's what we don't want. Right. However, because of the pandemic, many black women were in roles that weren't able, they weren't able to work in remotely. They didn't have any flexible options. And so they couldn't remain in the workforce. Which is not right. Right. No. And <laughs> that, that impacts our entire economy. You know, if you are listening and you are not a woman of color, you've got to realize that this stretches beyond the individual. This impacts every aspect of our economy. And it's important that this become a group effort to get that population back to work. Oh, yes. And so, again, that is why we are doing what we're doing with RISE, right? We are providing them with no cost upskilling opportunities to get skills in which they can work and have the opportunity to get jobs that are in tech, which is where the flexibility is. And that is honestly where the um, the economic opportunity is, right? And so we're allowing them to get skills part-time in six weeks to six months. These skills include project management, UX design, data analytics, IT support, Salesforce administration, truly highly sought after skills that can put these ladies back into the workforce, put them in a position to win so that they can find those roles in which they can work flexibly, have those options so they don't have to choose between either staying home or taking care or working. You know, you just touched on something, Chandra, that I don't think many other organizations are doing, which is not just, hey, we need to get these women of color back into the workforce, but we recognize that there is a gap in the market for what these women need to get back to the workforce. And you're doing some work around helping reskill that talent. Share with us a little bit more about why. What are, what are you guys seeing? What made you say, hey, look, it's not just about getting them back, but we've got to actually do some work here to get them prepared to go back. Yeah. And um, yes, it's not just about getting them back, right? We've all been through a lot of challenges in this last couple of years, right? We have women in our program who have lost their husbands due to COVID. So they're left home with small kids. They've lost their parents. They've lost their jobs. They've lost some, some of them have lost their sense of self-worth and they feel invaluable and they shouldn't. 
No. It just takes, that's why we've put this program around because it is, we, we take a holistic approach to this because we know that women of color for years have been underrepresented and, t- and ke- kept out of certain spaces. And so that's why we've had to create this program with all this programming around it, because it's not just about the certificate. They need the confidence. They may not even have the network that they need to know what it's like to work in the tech industry. They haven't had that exposure. So we're connecting them with mentors at Fortune 100 companies. We're giving them that experience. We're giving them that exposure so that they can get that job. They can sell themselves in their interview. They can be confident in, in the um, in themselves, right? Especially, um, we have many success stories of women who have been out of the workforce for a while, came and upskilled with us, took advantage of all the program that we had, such as confidence building, interview prep, support that we we're providing them, and have gotten jobs with no problem, making very close to six figures, very close with being out of the workforce for a while. And so that's like an automatic value add, confidence booster. And now they can take all of that and bring it back and help the next person come along as well. So again, this is why we're doing it, right? We know it's not just a certificate, but it's about everything else because the pandemic's not over. There's still things that we have to face outside of this upskilling program, other challenges that we have to overcome in the world. But in this space, they can feel safe and confident and know that they have a community around them and a company that is going to fight for them and provide them with not just the reskilling, but with confidence, holistic support, and also job placement at the end. I really wish I had a soundboard right now so that I could like hit the cheers and applause and standing ovation. I mean, you're right. The pandemic's not over, but this work that you are doing was much needed pre-pandemic and will span well beyond the pandemic. And for those that are listening that may not know, the Mom Project has been along for way before the pandemic. The Rise Project was in response to the number of women of color that you know dropped out and were coming back. But this is such an important you know thing for us to be talking about and addressing. And if I am listening right now and I want to get involved with the work that you're doing at RISE, what do I do? How do I get involved? Visit momproject.org. And you, there's a little button there. It says partner with us, contact us, just send us a quick email and we'll reach out and set up some time. We are looking for partners. Like we're looking for women in, to, to join our program, right? We have a huge goal. We need to upskill 10,000 by the end of 2023, which I know we won't have a problem. But however, we need partners, to come along this journey with us because we can't do this alone. We need allies. We need partners. We need companies that believe in what we're doing and who truly want to diversify their pipeline and, and allow for access for women of color who have been traditionally underrepresented in these spaces. And I'm going to shift this a little bit, Chandra, because I think there's another side of this that we can't ignore is You mentioned that, you know, in the Rise Impact report, you guys saw that 94% said that the absence of flexibility was a major obstacle to them coming back to the workforce. But at the same time, we're also seeing, and we just know historically, that it is going to put us at a disadvantage if we are not getting the face time that our male colleagues are getting. 
how do we balance that? And I don't, I'm not expecting you to have the answers, but I think, you know, we as women take so much on our shoulders to, you know, I've got to be responsible for my children and making sure that their health and well-being during this crazy time is okay. And I've got to make sure that everything at work stays afloat. And we will automatically take ourselves back mentally a step in our career because of it. And I think this is going to have really, really major rippling impacts for the next five to 10 years. How do we help that from not happening? You know, I feel like we may put too much pressure on ourselves as women, but there is a balancing act, right? Um, I have not worked in an office since 2017, and that has not stopped me from growing. Because my companies that I've worked for has allowed me to make connections and build relationships and they cared about my trajectory and they've connected me and provided me with opportunities. So we need these companies to understand and build programming around keeping women in the workforce. Yes, we can't always pack our bags and, you know, go to the office or go to an on-site meeting or all these things. Right. But there still should be some type of uh, cultivation some type of resource for women so that we are not left out. I mean, we've had like, this has caused a huge backslide in workplace equality. Absolutely. Right. And so we have the potential now, we have the opportunity now to shape the future state of the workplace. And we have to do it right. Like I say it all the time. I say all these things all the time. (laughs) It's like, you can't put new wine and old wine skins. Like everything's new now. We can't go back. We won't be going back to what it used to be. So you're, you're you have a speaking chance. wine. You're speaking yeah. my language. Yes, good analogy. <laughs> we have a, we have a chance. We have an amazing opportunity in our hands right now to truly make the future of the workplace inclusive for women, inclusive for women of color, and flexible, and bring the human experience back to work. We can't. We are not in a place where we can separate being human and being at work anymore. Like we empathy has to work together. Empathy, 100%. And, you know, I think flexibility is the key there. We're not saying that, you know, women don't want to be in the workplace. They just need to have the flexibility to where if they, you know, have a kid at home that they don't have to be in two days a week. So this hybrid model concept is not going to work for them, right? It needs to be that flexible ebb and flow of this is what's happening right now in my life and I can't be in the office, but I can still 100% be effective and an overproducer and giving that empowerment, having the empathy for the situations that they're in and really being able to lift them up and support them in those you know, flexible models, I think is key for organizations who really want to have an impact with their workforce. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we say it all the time about women and moms and, you know, our, our, our allies may not like that so much, but honestly, it's for everyone. Everyone needs flexibility. We have been through so much mentally in the last few years. Everyone needs some time. Yep. <laughs> Everyone needs to be able to have a little control over their schedule. Yeah. Your, your mental health. Yes, absolutely. Oh, Chandra, we could keep going on and on. I'm like loving this conversation. I think that our listeners are going to get so much value out of listening to this. You know, we, we were also talking too of the fact that our audiences, primarily recruiters, talent acquisition professionals, 
and they are majority women as well. And we are seeing these, you know, stats that are coming out of how hard it is to even recruit recruiters right now and that recruiters don't want to do recruiting. And I think we're forgetting the short-sightedness of, hey, look, all of this comes together. And we're, we're talking today about women in the workforce. We're talking today about how it's disproportionately affected women of color. But I think we need to take our lenses off and say, hey, look, this is a broader issue and it is something that we need to see the nuances to, but we need to address all aspects of this and, and really, you know, be able to put plans in place that are going to sustain us beyond the pandemic, that are going to sustain us in this new workforce that is, is happening right now, right? This isn't going away. This is going to be an ongoing need. And we've also realized that guess what? We can be productive productive in this model. So we don't have to go back. No, we don't. Like I, that's just almost like abuse to make someone go back. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, so we are going to wrap with our rapid fire questions. Uh, we, we love this piece of it because it gives our listeners just some ideas of like, what else could I be doing? What else should I be doing? I like Chandra a lot. I want to do what Chandra is doing. So here we go. All right. What is the one book or podcast that you have read or listened to in this past year that you would recommend to our listeners? The Energy Bus by John Gordon. This is one of my favorite books because you want to make sure that you are always exuding as most as you, as best as you can exuding positive energy and not allowing energy vampires to suck out all of you right what <laughs> <laughs> you put out into the world you get back yes. from the world yes, yes the energy That's bus my book. yes awesome and who's the author of the energy bus you've got john, it in front of you but since our listeners can't hear it john gordon john gordon all right there we go we also um every episode have this the next guest or the current guest asked the next guest a question. So we're going to start with a question that came from John or from Brian Summers, who we had on last episode. And I've got to say, I mean, talk about kismet or whatever you want to put out there, but he didn't know you were going to be our guest. And yet this is so perfect for you. And his question is, there's so many new advancements in technology that are coming into the HR area and they're going to require new skills like STEM and degrees that we don't have for things like machine learning and data analytics and big data. So he would like to hear about what we are doing to reskill women in business so that they can be equal players and partners. This is the perfect question. I am on a mission right now to create these opportunities for women and women of color. I am upskilling at this present time over 3,000 women in data analytics, in UX design, in all of these tech trending STEM type of roles. Um, yeah, I'm reskilling them now. So that's what we're doing, preparing them. We have a goal to upskill 10,000 by the end of 2023 and place them in jobs. So we are already on this mission. Love it. So Brian, if you want to know, go check out the mom project, go check out the rise. And I mean, if we can scale that, if we can double down on that, I think, you know, it's going to do us all well. So what is your question for our next guest? We're going to continue to focus on women in the workplace throughout the month of March. So what would be your question for the next guest? How are you finding your forward? Oh, I like that. How are you finding your forward? And who is the one person that you think everyone should follow? I, my favorite person is Bosama St. John, and she is the CMO at Netflix. 
And I love her so much because she's a badass, authentic executive who's never let any of the naysayers stop her. She's had a non-traditional path. And so she's just one of my favorite people. Awesome. We will get her Twitter handle and link it in the podcast notes. So if you are listening and you're like, uh, yes, I need to follow her, uh, go click that. And what is the next cool piece of technology that you've seen that you're excited for? I am very into VR and the metaverse. Surprisingly, I was hesitant for a minute, but I am very into it. I really like the VR experience. Um, it's a little weird at first, but just all of the possibilities that you can experience with that headset on, with whether it's you know gaming or wellness. Oh my God, I, I'm so into it right now. I've got to say, we we did get a quest, as did most people for Christmas this year. Santa was very good to our boys. And I was like, what is this thing? Why am I, why is Santa doing this to us? <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? Um, and then you put it on, you're like, this is amazing. Yes, I will play Beat Saber 10 times more. Uh, I love it. Yes. Chandra, for those that are listening, they want to learn more about you. Where can they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Chandra Sanders, or you can find me on uh, Instagram at officially Chandra. Officially Chandra. Amazing, Chandra. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been such a great conversation and look forward to working closer with you and the Mom Project moving forward. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a great time.